Welcome to the Tenacious Podcast. I'm Andy Christensen, lifelong entrepreneur. I've helped launch over a dozen national brands, created a $40 billion beverage category, author of the best-selling mentorship book, The 4040 Principle. And the thing I love the most is to encourage and equip entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and creatives to help change the world. That's all of you, so let's get to it. Welcome back to Tenacious. In the next few minutes, we get a special treat, and that is to interview Joseph Jojo, our engineer and our co-host, who makes these all sound really great. And if you met Jojo, and some of you have, but he, he, you think, hey, there's this tall, good-looking guy, great communicator, must come from like an upscale subdivision, probably a private school. I mean, sharp, super sharp. And and a lot of times, uh, you know, we, we kind of prejudge people. And I think what you're going to find out is this guy is all kinds of different things rolled into one. A lot of those things I just mentioned and maybe some surprising things. And now we're going to turn it over to you, Jojo, to give us, how about the 411 on where'd you come from? Yeah. Where'd you grow up? I was born in Nashville. I still live in Nashville now. Now I live in West Nashville, an area called Hillsborough Village. I grew up in a really small kind of country town that was, um, let's say, the furthest thing from a creative or entrepreneurial hub. If anyone knows the Smyrna Laverne area in Rutherford County in Tennessee, that's where I grew up. And when I was a kid, it was a really, really small town. Um, I always joke, imagine Mayberry with more meth. You know, it was like kind of a, it was, it was a really interesting place to grow up. How do you even know Mayberry? I mean, you're 22, 23. I'm 24 now. I'm 24. I forgot about COVID. (laughs) Yeah, that took a couple of years off. It was an interesting place to grow up. It, it, It was an amalgamation of a lot of different cultures. So like in my neighborhood, we had Laotian people, we had people from Burma, um, we had a ton of African American people, people from El Salvador, Guatemala, um, and a handful of white people like myself, you know, they were all duplexes. So we would have different neighbors move in and out of the duplexes. And I would get to see these different cultural influences all the time. You know, I would get to hear a lot of different languages and be exposed to a lot of people who, um, who just lived completely different lifestyles than myself or, you know, came from completely different places. At the time, it was a kind of a rougher area. When my mom was pregnant with me, they were asked by someone, hey, could you move into this neighborhood? We're kind of trying to turn it around. We don't want it to be as rough. We're trying to move like some families into the neighborhood. And my parents, you know, were not loaded at the time. They both came from single parent households. So it was kind of a win-win situation. My parents wanted to move into the neighborhood. It was also really affordable, you know, and they, they obviously didn't have money to just go throwing, throwing away. We were on a budget. So when they moved in with me, I was raised there until middle school. What was the most difficult thing? You know, the school I went to, elementary school that I went to was a title one school. And for those of you who don't know, that means that, you know, we had a lot of government assistance programs, uh, free meal programs and things like that. I was very aware as a young kid that there were people out there who didn't have um, a good home life. You know, when I was a young kid, my sister and I were out walking in our backyard and we saw, you know, there was somebody because there was a lot of drugs in the area. We saw someone, you know, shooting up heroin just in the woods kind of behind our house. So, so where does tenacious come in for you? Or what did you learn from that that 
may have helped you become more tenacious? The things that I had to overcome were all pretty mental. I was pulled out of my elementary school when all of my friends, you know, were going to middle school. I was pulled out and homeschooled and I was pretty, I felt pretty isolated, right? So I had no more community. It all kind of left as a kid, right in those formative teen years or, you know, tween years where you're like, man, I really want to start going out with friends and doing these things. And, and homeschooling, just me and my two siblings was in, in hindsight, the best thing my parents ever did, but it was a very tumultuous season where I was a very isolated kid for a while. And the tenacity came in when I had very little to do other than, you know, I'd wake up in the morning, I'd, I was homeschooling. So I would go downstairs to the kitchen, I would do my schoolwork, and I'd go back up to my room. And uh, my mom did an incredible job of trying to incorporate things like field trips, which, you know, like in Spanish class, I remember her field trip was us going to the Mexican restaurant and ordering in Spanish. Or <laughs> This is a true story. One time she said for science class, we were going to go, we were not of drinking age at all. We went to the Jack Daniels distillery in Lynchburg, Tennessee for science class. And um, oh, there's some and, science there. Yeah, no. So my mom always made it as fun as possible. But I remember just having a lot a lot of free time as a kid. I mean, my time for a couple of years, about a year was not filled with sports or anything like that. Um, later on, I got into martial arts and had some other extracurricular activities, but the tenacity came in just overcoming the mental game of how do I occupy myself? Because I am so damn bored. And that's where I found video production and I poured myself wholeheartedly into making videos with my friends. And that's what led me to my career today where I'm, you know, working full-time in video production. So that, that boredom produced a lot of tenacity and overcoming those uh, mental blocks of, you know, you've got the hormones of being a kid and you've got nothing to do. Well, because you could have easily gotten sucked into, you know, being a statistic. I had a fantastic childhood. You know, I came from a two-parent household with two incredible parents who I love so dearly. What's, I guess, heartbreaking in a lot of ways is just a couple of years ago, one of my childhood best friends got murdered over a drug deal. And I was out of town. I was in New York City for work. I was filming a documentary. And I get the call from one of my other buddies who we were all pretty close in elementary school and middle school and were really just best of buds. And he called me and he just said, hey, man, uh, Tyler got murdered. And I was like, what? And you talked in the last episode about wanting to do real estate, right? He had texted me and said, hey, man, I see you're doing a lot of big things. I see you're traveling. You've got a career something to that effect. And he said, I still have the screenshots on my phone. And he was like, I really just want to get together, have lunch and pick your brain. And he's like, I have this whole vision for starting to a career in real estate. He's like, I think I have, uh, one of my brothers wants to invest. Um, I think I can raise the money to put a down payment on a house and I want to, I want to get a rental property going, but I know you're really good with business. Would you mind, you know, grabbing lunch with me and let's just talk. We, we, we hadn't seen each other in probably about a year, um, just cause life and he had had a kid and busyness. And I remember I texted him back and I said, um, yeah, that'd be great. I'm going out of town to New York City. And so if you give me a couple weeks, you know, I can, I'm really busy right now, but if you give me a couple weeks, we can, we can do lunch, right? And it was no more than a week and a half later that he, that he got killed. And it just goes to show that what you were talking about last episode resonates so much, which is that the the way we manage our time and what we prioritize is so important because I missed an opportunity to, you know, see my friend for the last time. And it was simply because I prioritized work. And I'm thinking back a couple of years, you know, a hurricane or tornado hits Nashville. A bomb went off downtown Nashville. COVID hit. It hit in a big way in Nashville because so much of it is event-based. 
like a lot of businesses dried up how and you're in that space talk to us about that season and how did you maintain and rise above all that i think the same attitude applies to all of this which is that you can look at it one of two ways you can look at something as a um as a setback and i know this sounds so cheesy or you can simply look at something and say i'm so grateful for what I have in this moment, that's the way I have to look at everything because that's what keeps me positive and that's what keeps me going. So does tenacity always have to be persevering to overcome something that could have been bad, you're trying to turn it into something good, just persevere through it, be tenacious through it? Yeah. Or can it be something that's a pursuit of something really, really, really great uh, contrast that to I could live this average life and maybe not create a thing, or I can try to create a thing, mm. and I'm trying to lead you toward probably obvious toward the screenplay that you're writing and things like that. What's it been like to pursue something great in terms of being tenacious? I think to me tenacity is manifest as saying yes, right. So like what you're talking about with the screenplay right now, I'm you know from being a kid and running around with a small camcorder making little home videos. Now I'm, I'm writing a broadcast television show. I'm the, the sole writer of a television show that I've been commissioned to write. Um, that's going to be on TV primetime coming next year. And it's incredibly exciting, but these are situations that have only arisen because of a willingness to say yes. Right. And I think sometimes the most tenacious thing that people can do is, is get a little bit uncomfortable, right? Like tenacity isn't always seeing you know, your surroundings and going, I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to force my way through it. I think sometimes it's as simple as not being comfortable. And I can illustrate this really well. I think when I was in uh, middle or uh, early high school, I was running around with some buddies of mine we were making these little home videos and it was a ton of fun. We were editing them and I was learning how to use video editing software. And I was, I didn't know it at the time, but I was building a foundation for what would become my career later. We went to our youth pastor at the time because we were all in youth group on Wednesday nights. It was like the social hub. We all loved it. A bunch of my other buddies were homeschooled too. So it was like our, our time to really socialize and hang out with friends. And we went to our youth pastor and we showed him one of the videos we were working on. It was like a funny music video. And he said, you know, hey guys, would you want to, um, would you want to show that at youth group next Wednesday? You know, would you want to show that next week to everyone? And he's like, it's really funny. Yeah. And that little moment, it's watching everyone laugh and crack up and, 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 you know, have stitches in their sides because of the stupid video we made, it was a little bit of gas in the tank. And it may not seem tenacious at first, but those are the little decisions that give you gas. And the more gas you get along the way, it's like you get a good response from an audience of your peers. And then now you're entering into a short film competition. And hey, I got, you know, third place in a short film competition, I put myself out there. Um, and then, you know, you hit a point where you're like, well, maybe I should do invest more in this. Maybe I should try a little bit more. But if, you, if I hadn't said yes to those little things along the way, I would not have been prepared for the big yeses. Well, before we wrap this segment up, what advice would you give to someone? Let, let's put them in your season of life. You know, they're in the early side of 20. Yeah. And they're trying to pursue something greater, bigger. I can't offer a ton of advice for anyone that's older than myself. I'm still in a huge learning season. My advice to anyone who's kind of in that very first season of finding their passions and finding their careers and trying to build a build a foundation is kind of what I was saying earlier, which is where I am is a complete credit to the people that I have been able to learn from. People like you, Andy, people like uh, Kyle Lawless, people like Kevin O'Day, one of my youth pastors, uh, people like my parents, 
there are a ton of people I could point to in my life and say, man, those are the people that have really influenced the way that I, um, the way that I act and how I, mm. and how I operate within the business space. And so what you've, what you preach is absolutely true, which is that mentorship is so, so, so important. But I'd go a step further and say that sometimes that mentorship doesn't need to be formal. I think sometimes it's just being in the rooms that you are a little bit uncomfortable in. And one of the best pieces of advice that I ever received, if you feel like you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, it's an old adage, but it's so true. I mean, there are times, I mean, you met me when I was 15, Andy. It's like, and then I remember when we did a, a talk together in Atlanta um, and I flew down, right? That's yeah. a situation where I was so blessed to be able to, to partake in that with you, but it was also incredibly uncomfortable. I was the youngest person in the room. We were speaking to a, um, to a really large organization and um, being in those rooms is the thing that fuels me to go further and, and helps me absorb the knowledge I need. And you crushed it. Thanks, man. But anytime I'm in those positions, that's when I am in the biggest season of growth. And so if you're hanging around your friends and they're all kind of in the exact same position as you, then I think you're doing something wrong. I think you need to be hanging out with people that are older than yourself or more experienced than yourself and absorbing as much as you possibly can. Last thought here from what I heard you say in your entire story was situations happen and you can either see it as a setback or you can see it as a learning experience and be grateful for it. And I think gratitude, having an attitude of gratitude can fuel any one of us. So take that into your week, everyone, and see how it works for you. Thanks, everyone.